want to, this has been one of those things that I can't just, uh, I mean, I want to just kind of take you a little bit deeper than where we've been uh, over the last couple of weeks. I've been talking about uh, two weeks ago how Zacchaeus, by faith, positioned himself, uh, stepped out of the level that he was at so he could get on a, a new level to be able to see the Lord. And uh, from there, we talked about faith last week. And, and so today, giving one another a faith lift, I want to play off of that a little bit today, but I want to take you to a deeper dimension and, uh, of that. There's such a great area of faith, uh, and it's tremendous that uh, the, the power of faith. Actually, faith has no power in itself. The only thing that has power is the source by which you place it in. All right? I want you to think about that. But let's look at uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. And uh, anyway, the apostle says here, uh, he's talking to those who have, have obtained, writing a letter to those who have obtained like precious faith. Uh, and he's addressing them. Those who have like precious faith, that means that we're all gathered together, we're, we're joined together in a bond called faith, and it's precious faith. Are you with me? And this is what he says to them. He said, grace and peace be multiplied to you. How many of you like, uh, you know what addition is, is you add, you know, like you can say one plus two is three, uh, but you start multiplying, it changes things. Two plus two is four, right? Uh, two times two is four. I guess it didn't work on that one. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> I knew I shouldn't have gone on that illustration. <laughs> but it makes a big difference, okay? But multiplied. You know, the Bible tells us uh, that after the outpouring of Pentecost, the day that the, they were in the upper room, those that were gathered there, the Bible says the Lord added to them uh, 3,000 that day, and then he added continually. But it also goes on, it, it went further, and it says and they were greatly multiplied. So everything becomes exponential like that. And so Peter says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. In other words, take you to beyond, exponentially beyond what our knowledge of God would be and the knowledge of Jesus our Lord. You know, I, I often question the, the, the thought of theology as a study of God. And does, is anybody even an expert? I mean, we can go by people that have vast knowledge, but if we know God, if we're able to figure him out, he's not really God, right? Amen? He's bigger than what we can figure, and then some, and then some, amen? So he says, I want your increasing knowledge of God and uh, of our Lord Jesus Christ as his divine power has given to us all things. Everybody say all things. How many? All, all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us by glory and virtue, by which we have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through the lust. 
want us to look over another verse here that Paul spoke to uh, Peter giving this uh, letter, but Paul spoke to uh, the church at Ephesus. He wrote a letter, and he says, Grace and peace from our God and Father, Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. So we see that Peter uses the word all things. Paul says every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So this morning I want to just kind of lay some things out. If I could, I'd like to to give you uh, a picture a way of identifying something. You know, Jesus oftentimes taught with parables. And he said, you, you know, many different things. You know, the parable, the, the kingdom of God is like a man who went forth to sow. Well, the kingdom of God is not a man sowing seed in the natural. It's, it's, a, it's a parallel. It's a comparison. It's something to get our understanding and to trigger us to how things operate in the natural and liken it to the spiritual. And so this morning, I'd, I'd like to give you something that might help you And I don't know why I'm stuck on this faith, except for God must be wanting us to believe for something big. Amen. Bigger than we can imagine, right? So he's preparing us. So he's given us all things that pertain to our lives. Amen. What pertains to your life? Right? Think about that. Everything that pertains to your life. That means he's concerned about your jobs, he's concerned about relationships, he's been concerned about your family, he's concerned about uh, your finances, he's concerned about your health. That, that pertains to your life, right? Otherwise, we would just say, you know, God just cares about your spirit and everything else, you can forget about it. That's not the way God operates. God cares about every detail of our life. God cares about... Uh, whether Logan texted me the other day, he says there's rumors of layoffs. God's concerned about that, right? So God cares about that. Everything that we have in life, God cares about. Whatever we're doing, God cares. He's given us all things that pertain to our lives and to godliness. Our spiritual thing, it's our connection there. Both physically and spiritually, God's given us all things. And Paul says that they're existent These spiritual things, these blessings are in a place, uh, they're all existent in exceedingly great promises. So in other words, the things that you're about to ask for, every promise that God's given, it's already there or he wouldn't have promised it to you. Right? If he didn't have the ability to come through on the promise, if he couldn't uh, produce that, he wouldn't have promised it to you. So everything that you have need of in the natural, in the physical, in the spiritual is existing in exceedingly great promises that God has made. And we know he's faithful to his word. And I believe that everything that we have need of, along with the spiritual blessings, Paul says, are in heavenly places. Are in heavenly places. So when you're thinking, I want you to envision this, and I'm not trying to... Uh, trying to get you off into something strange or anything. But you have to envision what you're praying for, the answer, right? I want you to think about that. People who receive miracles 
in the Bible identified with what their need was, but they saw themselves as having received it. The woman with the issue of blood. She said, if I could touch the hem of his garment, I believe I'll be whole. She saw herself beyond where she was at. She saw her in a place of being whole. The, the Roman centurion said, just speak your word. You don't have to come to my house. Just speak your word. My servant will rise up. He saw the finished thing as though it had already been done. And so he, he, he knew what would take place. And today, sometimes we go before God and we do it in faith because we know that's what the word says. But do we really go in faith that sees the answer? Faith that lays hold of that, the promise. And so that's what I want to talk to you a little bit about today uh, in that regard. We're going to look at the realm of faith. Everybody say the realm, the realm of faith. And I want to kind of tell you some things that, that illustrate this, but can maybe give you a picture of identification. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says that, that uh, faith is the substance of the things that are hoped for with unseen evidence, right? By faith, we understand that the worlds were made by the word of God. By faith, we understand that the things that exist came from things that did not exist or things that are visible came from a place of where nothing was visible. That's how it was presented. And faith is a substance. You break that down into two parts. There's a prefix called sub, means under. Stance is where we get the word standing, right? Faith is the thing that undergirds upon which we stand. Are you with me? It holds us up. Faith is what holds us up to understand that God created the worlds and framed every one of them uh, without anything visible and everything that we see. Colossians, the first chapter, verse 16, Paul said to the church, he said, I, I want you to understand that, that uh, he made everything that exists from nothing. Everything that exists came from nothing and he says that whether they're thrones or dominions, principalities or powers, he created all things. And by him all things are, have been created, whether they're seen or unseen. How many of you know that there's still unseen things? Right? There are things that are still unseen. We can't see a lot of things, but that they have been created and we accept that. We don't see air. We might see the things that float in the air to give evidence of air. We don't see it, but it moves in and out of our bodies. And that's what keeps us going. We don't see those types of things, but nonetheless, they're existent. Are you with me? And just like there are physical beings, there's an unseen realm, even right now, of, of principalities that war against you. There's, a, uh, there's angelic hosts that war for you. Amen? All the time. Second Corinthians, the fourth fourth chapter verse 18 he says that um, he's talking about that we have a house uh, made in the heavens I think in chapter 5 he begins with that and he says that, that uh, the things that are unseen are the things that are eternal those are the permanent things but the things that are seen or visible are just temporary things and so that's what this faith 
realm is like. It's seen, unseen or it's invisible. We've got those scriptures there that I just gave to you. I forgot to switch my uh, slide. And so I was speaking to you last week about faith as a dimension and is essential. And in the area of dimension, it means that uh, it's measurement or magnitude. Romans 12.3 says that to each man was given the measure of faith. Of course, we can understand that our faith can be increased or it can be decreased. Depends on what, what we feed it. Amen? You're awful quiet. Awfully quiet this morning. So I was pondering upon this and uh, I was just thinking about the faith realm. A faith realm that I believe exists is the realm of faith. And I was looking up the word realm as it pertains to us, and then I went back to the Hebrew to look it up. And there's only like perhaps five, maybe seven references to the word or the usage of the word realm. And it was actually identifying with kings and their kingdom. And so it talked about Jehoshaphat and his realm. In other words, it was something, it, it was the word Malkuth, which means a dominion or a kingdom. It means uh, rule, reign, or even royal. So when I think about the, the, the kingdom or the, the realm of faith, we have to look at it as though it, it, it's, it's, it's hard to explain, but I want you to understand, faith has a realm, and it's a realm of rulership. It's a rule, it's a, a realm of reigning, a realm of royalty, it's a dominion, it's a, it's a kingdom. Faith is not just a, a little bitty thing, though it's, we've been comparing it. Jesus gave the comparison, he says, if you had faith just the size of a tiny little mustard seed, you would have dominion over mountainous areas. And he oftentimes questioned, where is your faith? Where's your faith? And it would only take a little bit, but yet a little bit of faith taps into a kingdom. A little bit of faith is what puts you in a position of ruling or reigning or royalty. So you have to understand that whenever we come before the Lord and we do so in faith, when we identify, we're not just coming as though somebody who's in need of something. We come in an area of a position where God has given us to rule and to reign. Are you with me? So in the middle of all this, I was thinking about these things. And this realm of faith, if I, I can't, I can't define, define where it's at. But I do believe that there is a, a place. Like last week we talked about how the, that when Jesus said, or I'm sorry, the, the apostle wrote uh, Hebrews 11.6. He says, without faith it is impossible to please God because those that believe that he is must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. But the word impossible meant that it was, uh, it meant that it you couldn't get there. You cannot obtain it. It was adunamai, which is come from, comes from the word uh, dunamis. It says that there is no power without faith to connect with God. You're incapable of doing it. It's not possible for that to happen. And so when we come to the Lord, we must have faith if we're going to please him. We must have faith because that's the only thing that brings us together or that connects us together. 
So in light of that, I was thinking about this dominion, it's this measurement, dimension rather, of faith and its magnitude in this realm that is there, that is uh, uh, powerful. And I started thinking about the, me- the dimensions, not the physical measurement of faith, but the dimensions or the magnitude of it. And I believe that what happens is we don't see it in the scriptures But at some point, somebody crossed over from the natural into a realm of faith that connected them to what they wanted to see. At some point, the woman who had the issue of blood, who stood behind the crowd, but yet she saw on the other side of that, and she saw on the other side of her being made whole. She went beyond the realm of the natural, the the realm of being limited and she tapped into an area, or a and I don't know where it took place. Some point from where she was to where she got to, she connected with some type of kingdom or a magnitude of dominion that enabled her to get what she sought after God for. Sometimes I think if we, and we seem, it seems to be like, man, that's so complicated. But yet in the midst of it, it's so simple. And that's why I want to give you this illustration today, and, and hopefully it'll open your eyes and, to that realm, because you've got some things that you need to see, amen? amen? So Jesus said, he's actually talking about that realm, Matthew 6, and he's talking about all the things that they need. He said, don't worry about all the stuff that you're looking at. Who, what are we going to eat? What are we going to wear? What are we going to do? Where are we going to get a job? We get all these things. Don't worry about that. Don't seek after those things. Man, everybody, the world is doing that. You're different. You're different people. And he said, seek after the kingdom, right? The kingdom. Seek after the realm of God and his righteousness. Seek after that zone. Go into that place that everything that you have need of is already there. It's already been added. He says, I don't have to order it on Amazon. I don't have to wait if it's on back order. I don't have to worry about that. I've got it waiting for you. So seek to get into that place where you see those things. And that's when I began to to really look at it in this regard. And I pray that that, that the eyes of your understanding will be also enlightened. Not that I'm giving you something that you don't know or anything like that. But sometimes just a rhema word can go in and open up something that's clear to you. Right? And that's what I desire today. So I was thinking about the dimensions of this faith, and it's an area (laughs) that unusual things can happen, right? It's an area of unusual things that can happen. I'm reminded of some faith that was exhibited by four guys who had a friend who was uh, paralyzed, and they heard that Jesus was going to be teaching at a certain place. And his four buddies come over and get him. They they said, hey, we're going to take you on a trip today. We're going on a road trip. He says, oh, where are we going? You know, and he's just laying there waiting for somebody to take him somewhere. He says, oh, where do we get there? And they had already gotten into that realm of faith. They had already moved into that area. And they believed that their actions accordingly were going to get this man in position to where he would be into that realm of faith where anything can happen. The unusual things could take place. 
And you all remember the story. They got there and the people were pressed all around. They couldn't even get into the place where Jesus was at, yet he was in the midst of it all. And so whenever they got there and they thought, well, we're limited, and a lot of people would say, well, what are you going to do? How are we going to get up? In the, how, how will we get there? And, and so anyway, they did something unusual. They climbed up on top of the roof and began to take away the tiles and lowered him down on a rope in the presence of Jesus. And Jesus is talking. I don't think it caught him by surprise. Jesus knew what was going to happen as this itsy-bitsy spider came down the, you know, <laughs> drops right there in front of him. And he gets healed. Unusual. And everybody said, man, we've seen some unusual things today. Right? Unusual. Because they tapped into the realm of faith and it's not business as usual anymore. Something unusual happens. Something that can't be explained. It's, it's an area of uncommon things. Remember the, the time that there was a widow whose husband was, uh, her husband was a prophet. He had passed away and left her with a lot of debt. She had a couple of boys. And so anyway, they didn't know what to do because the debtors were going to come. They were going to take away her sons, and that would be the only way that she'd have any means of having any income anyway. And she had to worry about that. But the word the prophet gave, he says, what do you have in your house? She says, I just got a cruise of oil. He says, gather all the vessels. Yeah. <laughs> gather all the vessels. So the boys, come on, get the vessels. Bring them over here. She's got three or four Tupperwares and some to-go containers from Chinese restaurant. You know, everything they could find. You do it too. I'm notorious for that. Bring the collection. He said, begin to pour them into each vessel. And as she did, that one would fill up. Then go on to the next one. The boy said, hey, we brought the last one. We don't have any more. He says, go tell the neighbors. Go get their vessels. And the Bible tells us that there was so, it was so uncommon for that to take place. Uncommon things happen in the realm of, of, of faith. So then she sold the oil and uh, was able to pay off all her debt, keep her sons. How many of you know when you're in a realm of faith, God can make anything happen? Unusual, uncommon the unexpected things can take place. The unpredictable things can take place. It doesn't matter. That's the dominion. That's the realm that I want to live in. I don't know about you. How about it? Amen. Amen. I want you to, let me look at this scripture here. I think I put it on the, on the uh, watch this. Paul, uh, Paul said, God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. God has chosen the weak things of this world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And the base things of this world and the things that are despised, God has chosen, and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are, so that no flesh could glory in his presence. God, in this, this realm, that he can do the things that sound so stupid. They sound foolish. Sound, that's ridiculous. Why, why would he do that? Because he likes to confound the wise. The wise and their natural thinking, they're, they're trying to figure out... Oh, I did have that scripture. Sorry about that. Anyway, the, trying to figure out the usual way, the common approach, the expected outcome, 
But yet God goes beyond all that so that no flesh could glory in his presence, only that he would be glorified. That he would be glorified. How many of you have ever had something like that happen in your life where God told you to do something kind of strange? Strange. Anybody? Yeah? You know what I'm talking about. So anyway, God's chosen these things. So there's a dimension, there's, a, there's an area where anything can happen. Unusual things can take place, unexpected. And I think the church, for the most part, especially the church in America, this church that we understand globally, uh, I mean, uh, well, throughout the world, but yet here in America, we don't see the miracles that they do in other countries. And I believe it's because they understand the realm of faith. They understand that realm of the Spirit. They understand those things. And so therefore, they seek after that, and the unusual begins to happen. So what I want to show you today is how do you function, how do you operate in this realm? Number one, you have to transcend. Transcend. And I'm not getting into transcendental Meditation. I'm not talking about that. But you can't stay at the level that we're at and expect to see the things in the realm of faith. We have to transcend beyond where we're at. The word transcend means to go above or beyond the limits or the powers. And I believe for us to function or operate in those zones, when you have to get above the limitations. We have to understand we're going into a limitless area. I want to go into the place where the unusual can take place. I want to go into an area where the unexpected things can happen. I want to move into that area, and I can't do it level right here on this level. I've got to transcend. I have to get above that. The word transition means to make a change or a shift. You have to shift our thinking. We have to get from where we were. We used to think like this. We've got to change and we've got to transform. Romans, the 12th chapter, verses 1 through 3 says that uh, we're not to be conformed to the things of this world, right? But be transformed by the renewing of our minds so that we can prove what is the good, the acceptable. Everybody say acceptable. Acceptable will of God. And from there, we can make transactions or transfers, we'll talk about. To transfer means from one place to another. From one place to another. So if Paul tells me that every blessing is already existing in an area in the heavenly places, but I need it here. Are you with me? Yeah. Well, how do I get it? I got to get above what I've been thinking, transform my mind to accept it, go into an area, transform, and then transfer what is available to me to bring it down to my level of living right here in my place. And so I've been, I was thinking all about that. The Bible says that we, uh, Paul says that we're called by glory and virtue. And so as I was looking at this, I wanted to study the word virtue, and I understand that when Jesus said, when the woman of, uh, with the issue of blood touched him, he says, I perceive that virtue 
has gone out of me, which is a type of power, but there's a, also a word that I wanted to, to bring to you. And uh, anyway, virtue is the same word that we used last week for pleasing God. This is a slide from last week. In order to please God, we had to, it was, it was used the word aresco, which means exciting or emotion is also the word in there, which arestos, which means agreeable or acceptable. And its root is in arrow, A-I-R-O, which means to lift, to raise, to sail, to go above and beyond. In other words, God was God's saying, it's impossible to please me because you're not on the right level. Faith is what connects you. Faith is what brings you to the level that anything can happen. Amen? So I'm going to please God if I get on the right level. But here's, Paul says, he says, we've been called by glory and virtue, which is the word oresco, arestos, or in the root of arrow. So in other words, the virtue that we have is enabling us to reach the point of agreement or acceptability unto God. I don't, I don't know if I've confused you or not. Have I? Does it make sense? Okay. So I want to please God, but at the same to- by the same token, I have need of some things. He says, well, if you'll do things that please me, it positions you. It lifts you up above that area. You just start seeking me, start getting into the realm of faith, and begin to understand. It'll put you in a place of agreement, a place of agreement. We've been called to a higher dimension than where we're at. The word agreement is, uh, means a legally binding contract. People enter into agreements for a lot of things. They want to purchase a house. Well, they have an agreement, contract. It's legally binding. Jesus said, he said, if two or more of you shall agree on earth as touching anything, it shall be... Uh, done by my fathers and in heaven. So there's a, a realm of agreement that we come into agreement with him, and there's also a power that comes into agreement with one another, right? Yeah. And when we come into agreement with one another, whatever we agree upon, heaven's agreeing with. Are you with me? So I was thinking about all this, and I don't know if I've done a very good job of explaining it today, But I believe that God really wants to take us into that realm of faith or for you to operate from that realm. You see, as, as, as Christians, we have the privilege to operate in both realms. We can have our feet in, in the natural, but our, we're, we're like Paul says, he said, set your affections on things that are above. And we operate from that level and bring things, as Jesus said, whenever you pray, pray that those things of heaven are established on earth. In other words, he's saying, I need somebody who will bring heaven to earth. All those things, all the, all the things that God has for us. Now, I know that there are, Jesus said, in my Father's house are many mansions. The, room, the word mansion actually means rooms. And we oftentimes associate that, and I'm not trying to take it out of context, but we, we associate that with, man, I'm going to have a mansion when I get there, or I'm going to have a place... And, and we may, you know, we may have a, I don't know. I hope I don't have to clean it. 
That's all I say. If it's a big mansion. Anyway. But there's many, many rooms. And there are people that... Uh, that are, there are people that have really got insight upon this. We've been privileged to have a... Um, trying to think of his name. I, I can't think of his name. It's beyond me. Anyway, he wrote the book, Operating in the Courts of Heaven. Who is it? Somebody tell me. Does anybody know? Rob, Robert Henderson. He was here with us a number of years ago. In fact, he didn't have the book uh, written at that time. But the Lord showed him how to operate on earth by petitioning the court of heaven. You know, the Bible talks about there were courts in heaven. It talks about Daniel, he says, and the courts were seated, all right? And the books were open. So we see that heaven, as we see it right now, there's a realm of governing in heaven. When we, we, when we learn how to go into that place of government and petition God Almighty, the judge of everything, by virtue of the blood of his son, we petition God on, on whatever our need is. And that's how we petition in legal matters of such and issues of that. We also know that there is a throne room. We, that's probably not too far to understand that there's a throne room of heaven. Have you ever felt that way when you've just been ushered into the very throne room of God? You hear the old timers say about that. The throne room by which the Lord is seated upon his throne. And there's the mercy seat. When we get to that place, he's not looking to judge us, but there's mercy. There's blood upon the, the seat there by which we've been made uh, uh, righteous to be brought before him. And there's, they say that there's probably several more rooms that could be there. I want to think that there's probably even a library, a library room in heaven. Now, so when I'm saying this, I'm trying to make you understand. Don't go off here and say, a pastor says that heaven has seven rooms. Okay? Okay. I'm just trying to make you understand areas. I, I don't even know how to, I don't even know how to do that. I don't even know how to make it, but I see it in my spirit. And so as I was praying and I was walking around, I was looking at it, and I won't say that it was like one big family area. You know, it was just one area, but in there, there were, there were like areas there that were set up for different things. And so we understand that there was a way by which we could operate in the courts of heaven or the throne of heaven by which we go and we worship the Lord. And I was thinking about the, the, the area. Where is that at? The Bible tells us that the books were opened. The books were opened in the courtroom of heaven. And all these books, what are these books? Obviously, there's a Lamb's book of life by which every person who's accepted Jesus as their Savior, the book is there with the names that are presented. But I believe that there are books that have our names on it that we understand in the book of Psalms. Psalm 139 and it says, are they not all written in your book? When he was talking about how unique you are. He's formed you and he's fashioned you. Even your physical being. Even the people who you were born to. Who, even your relatives, the line, the generation, where you were born. All the, the time you were born was all written in a book. And I thought about that because I've, I've been dwelling upon that for the last, I don't know how many years. But knowing that the end of the book is where God wants us. 
And so many times we put a hold on the chapter there, and then we start writing in and adding, adding pages to that story that God wrote of us because we think we know better, right? We think we got it all planned, and we don't really want God. We, God, you can stop right here. I've got it from here. When if we'll just follow the pages all the way through, the things that he has prepared for us are beyond our comprehension, beyond anything that we could ever take ourselves to. And so I'm, I'm thinking about this book of heaven, the book of the, uh, the, that has our name, the books in heaven, and thinking about that, and I began to ponder through that just like I was walking. I won't say it was a vision. It wasn't a dream. It was just a, a thing of process within my mind and in my spirit of gazing through that and just touring and seeing that there's areas there that where things could be legislated in the courts of heaven. There are times when you walk before the presence of God and you just ascend and you just worship him and you can feel his presence all around. And then those areas by which I think that we petition God according to what he has written for us. And so when I was thinking about how all this comes in context or in connection with what Peter says, it says he's provided all things pertaining to your life physically and spiritually. And Paul says we have all these spiritual blessings in heavenly places and it's not something I just want to go there and say, this is what was there. It's the things we want here, right? They're there in heavenly places. We just have to learn how to connect and get into that realm of the spirit, that faith zone, whereby which we can believe for it, the realm of faith. And there are times that, you see, sometimes our faith isn't quite there. Sometimes God gives you a word and he says, you're going to do this. And you say, well, I don't think I could ever do that. Well, you're not, okay? <laughs> because, because of that, you have to change. You have to transcend. You have to transform. You have to go into that zone where you can do beyond what you could think. Are, are you with me? Is it making any kind of sense at all? Let me get a drink of water. Then it will be more clear to you. So I, I, I said, Lord, what would the, that room of faith, what would, that, what would that place look like that has all kinds of spiritual blessings? What does that room look like that has everything that pertains to my life and your life look like? And Lord, how can I communicate that to us to where we could understand that there is an area that we can only access by faith and when we, by, uh, through prayer, but faith is the currency that's acceptable in that area. Faith is the thing by which we transact what we want. Are you with me? And I could envision it honestly as I'm thinking around about some of these things that could have been there. And I don't know what's on your mind now. You're probably thinking, you know, I've got some needs. And I want to tell you something. Whatever your need is, it already is met. It's just in that area that you haven't tapped into yet. There's probably all types of things that are there. There's probably businesses. There's properties. There's houses. There are who knows what. There's probably cars. I'm just thinking in terms of the natural. There's opportunities. There's degrees. Diplomas. All types of things that God wants to bless you with 
but we have been inactive in getting them. And somehow we have to get to that place. And I said, Lord, I hope I can communicate this to where people will know and see in a realm of faith beyond their dimension that as we have prayed, the Bible says if you delight yourself in the Lord, he gives you the desires of your heart. And whatever he's put in your heart to desire is already there. Right? The only reason he's giving you to the desire because it's already up there. And he's kind of puts it down in there to kind of get your appetite wet, saying, man, I would like to have that. He says, oh, I already got it taken care of. But you've got to have faith. You can't get it any other way. There's no other way. You have to transact it. It's the currency of faith that can connect you with that. I, I thought about some things in my life, and, and there are many of them that I could go on and on. But when we first moved back here, uh, we had been in ministry, I don't know, eight years perhaps, something like that, both in youth and music ministry and things like that. But when we were feeling like God was shifting our anointing to pastor a church, and we were in Arkansas, uh, but we've, we both felt, Teresa and I both felt that we were going to move back to this area. This, is where, this was home, and this is where God wanted us to be. And there wasn't a church that we felt like we could go to. Partly, some I didn't want, some didn't want me. So it <laughs> all evens out, you know. But one day, when we were, one day, we had come home for a visit before this, and it was in the summertime, and I remember 255 had just been completed, and we'd never driven out there, and we drove around. And 255, and I saw this vacant lot there, uh, Oh, I'm sorry, it wasn't vacant at that time. It had American Lifestyles homes and it had some modular homes set up on here. And I remember looking out there and said, look at that, that wasn't there before. And I said, man, that would be a great place for a church. That would be a great place for a church. It surely would. Didn't think anything about it. We went on to Arkansas on our assignment, doing what we were supposed to do, until we got back to the place where the Lord <laughs> shifted our desires and we accepted a position here at Harvest uh, Assembly down the street, 4397, a little building down there. And I knew that we weren't supposed to stay in that building. And one day I was driving. We had, a, we had uh, moved into a, a duplex owned by a friend. That was the other thing. That was what I was really wanted to get to at, is when you're at a church that's just started and there's less than 20 people, the banks don't smile on it a whole lot when you say, I'd like to borrow money for a house, you know. They just don't think on those terms. They're in the natural. <laughs> They're in the usual. But we were thinking beyond that. And so anyway, for a temporary time, we, we moved into a duplex in, in Edwardsville. And I remember driving in the winter after a hard freeze and ice, and I was driving along 162. And as I got by here, I noticed water in the midst of all this ice was coming up out of the ground and it was freezing and, and pooling and freezing and so forth and I thought man and there was nobody on this property they had, they had gone bankrupt so I started calling around trying to tell I, I called uh, Illinois American Water and I said uh, you know there's a, there's a water main break and they said oh you want to do anything about it they said it's not our worry it's not the main it's on the line that comes out of the main. 
I go, but it's your water. They said, it's somebody else's bill. They will have to respond. So I I took it upon myself. I guess I'm going to have to find out who owns this. So I started calling around. I found out that it was in the foreclosure. Bankruptcy attorney got a hold of the attorney. And I told him, I said, somebody needs to know about this. And so through the conversation, I found out that this was property of uh, had been paid for $120,000 for the uh, five acres that was here. And we wanted to buy it. And we had $300 in our building fund. <laughs> so we did what, what any crazy person of faith would do. After a men's breakfast, we left Shoney's, drove down here. We gathered rocks, put some, one in our pocket. Every day we're going to pray for this. We're going to take possession of this, just like Joshua did when he went in there and they brought back the grapes. Took a possession. We brought a box of rocks. People said we were dumber than a box of rocks. And so anyway, we gave out rocks to everybody in the church. You still got yours, Angie? Yeah. Anyway, we passed them out. We prayed and believed and Anyway, it was a long story, but a year later, we were able to write out a check for uh, $52,000 uh, from the $300 that we had in the account at that time. When we first start, started looking at it, we wrote out a check. No, no loan or anything, we wrote out a check for that. Well, in the meantime, we're in this duplex, and I said, you know what? It doesn't look like we'll be able to get a loan. I, we won't have the down payment, number one. Interest rates are high. They're not wanting to loan, especially to people who have, you know, uh, there's not a great history here at the church. And, and so anyway, we were trying to figure out what we would do. And so Teresa and I prayed. I said, you know what? I've heard of people getting uh, loan assumptions before, you know, that they assume loans. And so I said, we'll just believe God that maybe somebody has a home out there that we would want that we could assume the loan. And so we kind of laid it out in our mind what we would want. We had Brooks. At that time, Tess was born. No, Tess wasn't born yet. It was before that. But anyway, we had Brooks, and we wanted a home that if we could have more children, we would have that and have a play area. Had it all in our mind. And so anyway, one day, the guy that had the du- on the duplex that we were living in, he says, I'm not trying to get you to leave, because he had given us a great deal. I'm not trying to get you to leave. He said, but my nephew has got this house. It's in Arlington Heights. And we're like, yeah. And he goes, well, he went into a business, and his business is in Springfield, Missouri, and so he's, they've moved down there, and they really, he's got his mom just staying in there, keeping it, uh, somebody in it. And I said, okay. And he said, well, he said, the whole deal is this. He just wants to get away from it. And I'm like, really? And he said, yeah. And he said, the... Uh, we found out that, that who the mortgage was through, and it was an assumable loan. So we went from the duplex there without the $10,000 that they wanted down payment and took upon a note that we made the payments for. And then they transferred it into our name. Our credit was built up just like that. God turned everything. By that time, the church was doing good, and Omni Bank was calling us up. You guys want a loan? <laughs> and everything switched. It's the realm of faith. The realm of faith. I heard 
Jonathan Shuttlesworth, uh, Judah Lee Mike could tell you more of the details. It, it was a, a friend of his that was a, uh, I want to say, was he a mission in Hawaii, wasn't it? Uh, the missionary. And he had a prophet came into his house. And so they had gone out to eat. And he was telling the situation that they were going to have to have a house like real fast because of certain circumstances that had taken place. And the prophet told him, he says, well, God's going to provide you the house. You already got it. You already have it. He said, oh, that's, that's great to hear. Good. And he pulls over. He says, in fact, pull over right here. He looked at the house there. He said, pull over right here. So he pulls over. And he was going to get out and go up to the door. But the guy happened to come out and was taking garbage out. He met him up there. And he said, hey, buddy, you want to sell this house? And the guy looked at him and says, I have to sell this house. I have to. He said, well, really? I think the buyer's sitting in the car over there. Furnished everything God moved him into. Now, I'm not trying to get you to... I'm, I'm just wanting you to get to a level that where I, I want you to understand that God is not limited. Okay, I've, I've looked at two things like that. But as I was walking around there, I was, I was seeing things. And I took that stack of prayer requests and I carried them around. I did this naturally because that's what I was feeling like was happening in the spirit. And I was holding those, those needs that you wrote down. I don't know what all they were. Some of them were salvations, I'm sure, for family members. Some of them were healings. Some of them were whatever. Whatever God was, you know, just anything I could think of. And I said, God, I don't, I don't know what all these things are, but I know they're all in this room. And I pray right now, God, give me the level of faith to be able to join in agreement with them, to pull them out of that that room that's there, that everything is where the spiritual blessings are, the heavenly place. I pray, God, that we can get to that level to where we just start believing you for it and it begins to take place. I don't know if that makes sense to you or not. But if it does, I want you to stand to your feet. If it makes sense. And you, I, I don't know, maybe some of you are here and you say, you know what, when you were talking about it, I could see. I, I could see what I needed hanging on a hook there. I could see something sitting on a table or whatever. I don't know. I, I don't know what God has for you. But if you can believe for that, I want to tell you something. It can happen. It doesn't have to be things. It can be situations. You might be in a position where uh, in a situation that you need to be moved from or one that you need to move into. But whatever it is, I'm going to believe with you right now. I want to believe with you right now. There's jobs. There's people. There's divine connections. Businesses. Transactions. All types of things have been made available to you right now. And if your faith can be elevated to rise up. Arrow. Arrow. Give lift. Give sail. Give elevation to your belief. I believe you could take hold of it right now. Dr. Brown, have I made sense? Is that? Okay. <laughs> I don't want to get off into some new theology or anything. It was just the way I could see it. And, and I want to believe with you right now. 
And we're going to do communion. And I believe that this is one of the greatest things. I didn't even think about today being a day that we're going to celebrate communion. But you know what communion means? It's covenant. It means coming into agreement. And so I want you to realize that as we're coming into agreement, both spiritually, physically, emotionally, financially, we can tap into that zone by virtue of the covenant that he has made with us. I think I have one here. I thought I did. Amen. <laughs> oh, well. Give me another one. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> By faith, I lay hold of this. <laughs> and you might be watching online today. And I believe there probably is somebody there that you've been crying because you said, I didn't think anybody knew about that. And God says, I knew about it. I knew what you were crying out for. Let your faith rise up today. Let your faith rise up today. You know what, what God did with Abraham? Abraham is old, his wife is aged. And God says, get outside the tent. I want you to look up at the stars. He said, now count the stars. Abraham said, I, I can't. He goes, well, that's how many your seed is. More than you could count. He had to give him a point that he could identify with. More than that. And by faith, we see what Abraham did. He believed God for it. And God made him the father of it, many nations, and he didn't even have the first child yet. Yet God already planned for it in the heavenly places. So I don't know what you're believing for today, but I want to tell you something. God has it. God has it. And I want you to look as though the, the request that you made to God, that what you asked for already was taken care of. You just have to have the transaction. It doesn't cost you money. All it costs you is faith. And who is the object of your faith? We don't have faith in our faith. We don't have faith in someone else's prayers. We have faith in God Almighty. He's the anchor of faith. And to not have faith for what we're crying out for is really saying, God, I don't have faith that you can do it. Right? It boils down to that. So if you believe God can do all things, that with God all things are possible and nothing is impossible... That's the guarantee. That's the guarantor of this, of this agreement that he's making with you. Amen? Hallelujah. God is so good. I told you before, I have a lot of dreams, and some of them don't make sense. Because I eat strange things at night. But I have a lot of dreams of my ability to run. Holy, 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 holy. And I see, I, I think of that, I think, God, you would, I don't know where dreams come from, some from your subconscious and some come from your spirit. And I said, but wherever this is coming from, this is a desire for me to do. And I, I never see myself in a condition that I'm at. I always see myself in a condition, not that I was, but in a better condition. So by faith, I'm believing God that I'm, my, my ability to 
move about is going to be restored. I believe that I'm going to rise up with wings as of an eagle, Isaiah. The youth will be renewed and restored. Father, I thank you that limitations, we transcend above that right now. And every limitation that comes to our mind right now that Satan tries to drop in our hearts and in our mind and say, that's just impossible, Father, today we launch our faith, we lift our faith into that area that you have already made possible for us. And we rise to it. We rise to that place of faith, and by faith we take hold of it and we bring it into our life. Some of us, I see us doing it for ourselves, I see us bringing things into, uh, into reality for other people as you join your faith with them. And in fact, I want you to do this right now. I want you to turn to somebody and say, I'm, a, I'm in agreement with you. You, you know, even in a marriage, there's a covenant, but they sign... And, and uh, I have power. It's not official till I sign it. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Just joking. What I'm saying is God has already signed the covenant, the agreement. He's asking for you and another witness to sign. <laughs> we stand in agreement. I stand in agreement with you. Whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Family members coming to salvation. Coming into the kingdom of God. Walking away from the hurts, and the hang-ups, and the habits. Father, they find their way into the presence of God. Because faith has launched into that zone today. The faith realm. The faith kingdom. The faith, the, the, the area that faith rules and has dominion over fear. Dominion over anxiety. Dominion over, uh, over pasts, over curses, over all the things that the enemy has tried to place upon us. We thank you today by faith. We rise above. And it's been made possible by virtue of his broken body and his shed blood. So Jesus said, I want you to take this bread. There's nothing in this bread or this cup here that transacts anything, but faith is what brings it to life. So today, we, think we take by faith today this morsel, and we place it in our mouth today. And now, Father, I pray that our mouths begin to communicate, no longer speaking doubt, no longer speaking not or limit, but rather we move into the realm of unusual, unexpected, uncommon, unpredictable things that come from the realm of faith. And I thank you today. And we receive it in Jesus' name. Let's partake of this together. Hallelujah. And by faith today, Jesus, we have faith in your word that you told us to do this. So there had to be something to it. It's not just a, a tradition. It's not just something we do out of habit or because it's the first Sunday. We do it because we realize that there's value 
to faith and believing in your body and your blood that was broken and shed for us. And we know by faith in your name, we have access to those things. I want you to begin to see the things that you've been praying for. I want you to begin to see those things just like Abraham began to see descendants. I want you to see it. Hallelujah. You know what I see? I see some of us. The devil said, you can't, you won't, you, you this, you that. And I see, I see us taking and having those things, laying hold of them, and they're manifest in the natural. And we look at the devil and we go, how you like me now? Amen. Because that's what our God does. Thank you, Jesus, for making it possible. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for transformation. Transcendence to see above the limits of the powers that come against us. Oh, God. Thank you, Jesus, for transition to shift us from the thinking in the natural and for transferring and transacting, taking those things that are there that have been made possible and bringing them into our lives. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Let's receive it, uh, the cup together. Hallelujah. 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 Precious is the Lamb. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, may we operate from that dimension of faith and increase the measure and reveal the magnitude of it in Jesus' name. Help us to believe for greater things. That's why you said to your disciples these things, and greater shall you do, because I'm going to the Father. I'm going to seal the deal. Seal the deal. Father, I pray that every person here, and even those that they are praying for, may they realize that not everything that they've been living out has been out in that book, and may they get into alignment with the book that you have for them. Not trying to do things on their own, not trying to listen to this and that, but hearing from your, your voice today and directing them because you've got great things in store for them great things in store for them hallelujah 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 I, I can't remember my declaration for today but I believe it's from Deuteronomy 31 they get all together but he says that the Lord will be the one that goes out before you and he will lead you and he will guide you he will direct you he will direct you. And I believe that my declaration to you was keep following his lead. Keep following his lead. Whether you understand it or not, follow his lead. Hallelujah. 
Thank you, God. You brought us to the dance, and we're going to follow your lead in Jesus' name. Give him a hand clap of praise. Amen. Thank you for coming today. Wow, I really went over, didn't I? But the Lord richly bless you, and he wants to lead you and guide you into all truth. Amen. I love you.